The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, when leaders go missing. Ah, this is happening and will happen in our future. But what does it mean that leaders go missing? It means that there's no authority in the messages that are being communicated. When Jesus spoke, there was Holy Spirit power, and his words moved people. Next, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It's a scripture. Yes, it is. Check it out. It's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. In every translation ever, and not just for the people from the past— but the showman gifts being sought are for a show for too many believers. We need to seek the gifts that edify others and not bring us a trophy. And finally, is it possible, especially in the face of the prosperity gospel, that God could or would actually limit our resources. After all, that's contrary to everything the you-should-only-be-blessed teachers teach. Yet, that's the truth that is undeniable when we are more like Bereans and less like carnival barkers. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Yep, I like that. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us directly, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, Terrific T answers the phone, and that is is terrific. It's kind of like a warm blanket on a cold night. How nice is that? Here's the key. Any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio. I've already messed up like 10 times today. You guys should know that by now. It's just radio. 
It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So if you have a thought, a question, a comment, if you have something that's rattling around, an opinion, and you want to share it, if you have something that will be a blessing to other people, if you have a question, if you have a prayer request, if you have uh, something you want to share that's a praise report, we want you to have that opportunity to do so and not be worried about doing it. We also do Bible trivia. Here's our Bible trivia question. What is the name given to Jesus's most famous prayer, which begins, Our Father in Heaven? A common name that has been given. Uh, the Lord didn't give it this name. But we, as a society, 2,000 years later, typically identify what is the name of that most famous prayer, which begins, Our Father in Heaven heaven. If you think you know what that answer is, you want to reach out, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And we always bring that up so we can remind you about our website, which has a free electronic book, uh, access to the book, plus also, a place to give if the Lord puts that on your heart. Go check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Noki dokie artichoke. And like I've told you before, okie dokie artichoke, a theological term. Just remember that. All right, the question straight out. What is the name given to Jesus' most famous prayer, which begins, Our Father in Heaven? By the way, I always find it worthwhile that the first word is our, not my, but our. It's like it's, it's broad in its first word. It's inclusive in its first word. I just think that's brilliant. I love doing the exposition on the Lord's Prayer. It's one of my favorite things to teach because it's so, so good. It's filled with so many great things. Hokey dokey. We got that covered. We cover everything. We cover everything. We're doing pretty good, right? All right. Uh, I want to talk to you about something that is uh, has nothing. To, it's amazing that it has nothing to do with the headlines in the last couple of days, and yet it always applies, doesn't it? It's amazing how the truth doesn't have a doesn't take a time off from society. Judges chapter twenty one verse twenty five. Judges twenty one twenty five says this. In those days. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever he wanted. This is Judges chapter 21, verse 25. And this has to do with when leaders who are leading spiritually, politically, culturally, socially, educationally, you know, academically, in every possible realm— when they go missing, this is the result. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everybody did whatever he wanted. I think we can all acknowledge to some degree, without even having to express a lot of humility, that when there is nobody to lead or to direct, it is very, very chaotic in many, many places. 
When there is no king, when there's no authority, when there's no person whose words and whose communications have value and meaning, the people just do whatever they want. When there's no leadership, and let's talk about it from the church point of view, when there's no leadership, when it's just uh, going through the motions, when it's just people dressing up, when it's just for show, and there's no genuine leadership, the people do whatever they want. In fact, there's no restraint. There's nothing to restrict. There's no encouragement to behave. And you think, oh, what are you trying to tell me, that Christianity is, uh, is about modifying your behavior? Yes. It's because Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's a full modification of our behavior, not even a partial And when there is nobody in those leadership positions and everybody does whatever they want, there's no righteousness because at the core of our system is a rebellious, sinful nature that already knows how to lie and steal before anybody ever teaches us. Isn't that that amazing? I, I, I will say this. Nobody taught me how to lie. I figured it out all by myself. How'd I do that? It was in my nature. See what's going on there? Well, it's like, wozer. And so here, again, we look at this. It's like, in those days, there was no king, and everyone did whatever he wanted. There's no chance as a nation or as a people, as a church in that certain sense. Now, fortunately for us, in the church, Jesus is the head. And so we're never going to be a completely leaderless church. That's not going to happen because Jesus made that commitment. And he said, I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. There's no way the church is going down the way that people keep saying it is because that means that Jesus is a liar or a failure. That's not happening. Okay, But nationwide, and that's not a commercial plug, nationwide. If we have no leadership, there's trouble. I I cannot even express how much trouble there is. And when our nation had more of an of an inclination to be committed to the kingdom of God, more of an inclination. I'm not saying it was a hundred percent Christian nation, but there was certainly a greater sense of reverence and honor uh, and acknowledgement. Even the word Creator, capital C is in our founding documents. Capital C, folks. That wasn't a copy error. And Psalm 33, 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Consequently, the opposite would also be in a truth. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and not blessed is the nation who doesn't have the Lord. I mean, it's going to go either way. And so in our own country, one of the things that I've encouraged people, instead of freaking out about all the things that you're seeing on the news, which, again, they're in business to keep you connected. Don't forget that. I tend to tell people on a regular basis, media stands for making everyone dumber in America. Just remember that. But the idea is the power of prayer moves the kingdom of God to move in the kingdom of men. Oh, I like that. The power of prayer moves the kingdom of God to move in the kingdom of men. Want to change this nation? Starts on the knees. Oh, it starts at the voting box. Starts on the knees. That's where it starts. Okay.
uh, what is the name given to Jesus's most famous prayer, which begins, Our Father in Heaven, the Lord's Prayer. And that's what we call that, the Lord's Prayer. Okay? Okay. Is that right? All right. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be fun. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? So the situation uh, for the woman turned out to be fine. But remember, he's there with Jairus, and Jairus' daughter is dying. Uh, verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. This is a situation for Jairus that went from worse to the worst. All right, you know how we said it can go from bad to worse? We were talking about that. Well, it can go from bad to worse to the worst. And this is the worst. The guy's daughter died. Oh, she wasn't just really sick. She died dead. And they even said to her, "What? there's no point in talking to this guy anymore. This is over. Situation done. That's how a lot of us process situation done. But then Jesus does what Jesus does because he's so amazing. He overheard what they said to him. They didn't say it to Jesus. They said it to the guy. They said it to, to Jairus. Right? And they said to him, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to, to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. So there are three things that you just you can't miss this. Number one, Jesus is telling the guy whose daughter just died, ignore them. It's like, can you imagine? Okay. Uh, the doctor just pronounced her dead. Yeah, ignore that guy. What? He's the doctor. Ignore that guy. That's just like the blind man who are like people are telling him, be quiet, stop it, stop it. And he shouts out all the more. It's at some point you just got to ignore any external noise that hasn't been sanctioned by God and just go, yeah, I'm not paying attention to that. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Boy, I think Don did a good job with that. I like that. All right, we're getting ready to do our next trivia question. This is not, shouldn't be not, shouldn't, shouldn't not be, not be, shouldn't be. 
Okay, here it is. <laughs> what did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1? What did Jesus say that people would be when the Holy Spirit came upon them? What would they be? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That's the phone. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. The answer is going to be obviously in Acts chapter 1. What did Jesus say people would be? There we go. Uh, what would they be? What would they be? What would they be? Okay. Okay, now I want you to think this through. Well, what will they be? You shall be, you shall be, now you got to answer that. You shall be, okay, you ready? Got somebody ready? Okay, I'm leaning over. I'm leaning. Here I go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, it's Samson. How are you? Good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Did everything arrive? Everything go good? Uh, not yet. Okay, today I would assume that would be my oh, okay. that, that would be my bet. It, it went yeah. out on Saturday, so I just uh, you know I'm just gonna go with that. All right, here you go. Acts chapter one, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? Acts chapter yes. one. What did he say we would be when the Spirit comes on? What did he say we would be? Well, witness. That is correct, Amundo! Here's what it says, Acts chapter 1, verse 7 8. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the end of the earth. Excellente. Good. How you doing, brother? How you doing in general? Very good. I need to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, and to just see where you, uh, what's your personal intake uh, is, what is the main lesson of the book of Revelation? I know there is a gazillion teachings out there. Oh, I love it. And Great yeah, everybody question. is uh, that, that's jumping a- on that wagon, the end time wagon, and uh, coming up with their own interpretation. Yeah, so I'm just curious about what your uh, conclusion of the Book of Revelation is. Okay, I'm I'm going to give you something that you may not have ever heard. Do you want to hang on, or do you want to hang up? It's up to you. Either way, because well, it's, it's up to you. I, I will not hang up myself, but I can listen to you. Okay, you got it. Here we go. So that is a superb question, and a couple of theologians did what we would call a treaty. They did a, a, an intense study on Revelation, the book of Revelation, and what they did was, and I'm gonna, it's just absolutely going to floor you when I say this, and no, nobody needs to freak out. There's nothing that's going to change. It doesn't change anything. But what they did was they correlated the different viewpoints. So there's three or four main viewpoints. There's the viewpoint that everything's future. There's another viewpoint that everything's past. There's a viewpoint that part of it's now, part of it's future, part of it's literal, part of it's symbolic. There's another viewpoint that's all symbolic. Everybody's got this different, these different elements. In this treaty, which was a fascinating treaty, and George Ladd was a part of it, just like Professor George Ladd from Fuller Theological Seminary, 
It turns out that the leanings of the theology always correlated to the economics of the world. In other words, when the world was doing worse, it was more leaning towards premillennial, everybody jetting out, a premillennial dispensational rapture, we're getting out of here, we're not going to be a part of it, we don't really care. When the world was doing better, it was, we're going to hang out for this whole thing, and God's going to make everything great, and watch, he's just going to bring us through it. Now, the reason that I bring that up is just, there's nothing to do with the answer to your question other than to show you the great variety that takes place as people engage with, with the book of Revelation. They took 100 brand new Christians in a study, Christians who were less than 60 days old. They read them the book of Revelation, and 80-plus percent of those people said this was the conclusion to the book of Revelation. Ready? Jesus wins. That was the conclusion. So what we do is we get super theological, super in-depth, super wise— and yet, in the mouth of babes, it's super easy. Hey, guess what? Jesus wins. That's the answer. Okay? So that that's my take. I'm going to stick with that. By the way, I do really enjoy all the different eschatological points of view, and I think they're fascinating. They're fun. If you can enjoy it without being mad because somebody's not supporting your side on it, you know, it's a little like if you like— um, uh, if you like some kind of sports or something, but you like the sport, not necessarily only one team, and you can enjoy the sport, it's a little more like that. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I guess he had to hang up. I, I told him it was going to be a long answer, so I knew that was going to happen. I hope that helps, Sam. If it doesn't help, I can't help. That's the best I can do. All right, we've got to get into our teaching, but before we do, I have this quick joke. Ready? Got the buzzer? <laughs> T's face is already squinting. I haven't even done it yet. Just wait. Okay. All right. The preacher's five-year-old daughter noticed that her preacher father always paused and bowed his head for a moment before starting his sermons. One day, she asked him, Dad, why do you pause and bow your head? Before you're about to preach. Well, honey, he began, proud that his daughter was so observant. I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. The daughter waited for a second, then looked at her dad and said, Well, then, how come he doesn't do it? (laughs) Get it? He doesn't do it because he didn't like that? Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't answer the prayer. All right, never mind. <laughs> I think it's funny. All right, fine. Uh, witnesses, by the way, that was the answer. Witnesses, you shall be witnesses. Here is the next little teaching, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. So with yourselves, Paul is writing under the verbal plenary process, uh, the Holy Spirit directing what's being said but not eliminating the personality. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. So there are things that we love about 
uh, church. There's people that we love. There's cool things that happen. There's there's great things that take place. And Paul, in talking to the church at Corinth, they, they have a little bit of an issue, a little bit of a pride thing going on, and they're tending towards trying to kind of pursue the gifts that are a little sh- more show than than anything else. And so in golf, for those of you that play golf, you will understand this fully, but this is really what it is. People, what they do is they drive for show, but they putt for dough. In other words, the first shot impresses everybody, looks really great or whatever, but it's not how you get off the tee, but it's how you finish the hole. And so that's why it's drive for show, putt for dough. The idea behind this is... It's not what we're trying to have other people see about us spiritually. It's about bringing it the way that the Lord wants us to bring it in church. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There are a myriad of teachings. Let me just say this. From Dr. Robert Jeffress to uh, to you know, Oral Roberts, and I'll just use that as kind of like going to the other extreme, from James Robeson uh, to to the Southern Baptist Convention, Liberty University to Regent University, all of it, everybody believes that the Holy Spirit has given people a gift to be a blessing to the body of Christ. There's not one that does not believe that unless they just don't care about what the Scripture says. Every one of them. The key is if you're going to be eager for gifts, what kind of gift should we be eager for? Should it be one that puts us on display or one that helps other people draw closer to the Lord? That, that is what the Lord examines. One of the greatest manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit is somebody committing themselves to building up the bride of Christ. That's what God loves to see. Because he looks at us as a treasure, as his people. And when people spend their strength, their time, their talent, and their treasure to build up the body, you're loving those whom God has poured his love upon. Now, how do you think he feels about that? So you have something inside of you to contribute. I don't know what it is, but it's a blessing for people, even if it's in the most simplistic form. God has put it there, and we need to use these things to bless people in the body of Christ. Let the desire for things of the Spirit be for the sake of, of encouraging others, then we'll be like Jesus, much more than if we're trying to put on a show, okay? All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. 
What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon experience? Woman walks into window and sues for injuries. <laughs> Play that again. <laughs> Apparently now being moronic entitles you to sue. Uh, here's the problem. The person walked into a window and sued the restaurant owner because there was a window there. I want to say two things. One, my dog has more common sense than that because my dog stops at the window and waits. And number two, I guess with the $100,000 the woman is trying to get, she can buy a sensor that goes off and she can wrap it around her forehead so that whenever she's going to come close to an object, it will beep for her. What do you think? That's a good one. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. As with oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for... Joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas, which is also known as the Truth Station. Don't you love that? The Truth Station here in Texas. That's what KAAM 770 is. I like it. I'm just telling you. Okay, let's get ready for our next trivia question. This is very, very hard. Can, can I say that again? Very hard. Very hard. difficult question. Difficult question. At what feast did Jesus stand up and say, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink? At what feast? At what feast did Jesus stand up and say, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink? 
I will give you one hint because this is a harder trivia question. It is a feast that starts with the letter T. Like for Tierra, right? <laughs> See? Terrific T. See how that worked out? Okay. There you go. Uh, okay. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770 or you can text in to 14210-8483. You can also send an email, david at he must org. That's david at he must org. And don't forget to check out the website. Lots of stuff going on there. We'll give you that plug again. You can get a free book from there. He must Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, here we go. At what feast did Jesus stand up and say, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink? What feast is that? Okay, let's see if you know that one. Reach out to us, let us know. If not, at the end, we will let you know. Now we're going to do history, so let's do our history song. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right, here we go. Today, got a couple of interesting things today for history. For those that don't know, today is National Number 2 Pencil Day. Okay. Remember you taking your test at school and they said, you have to have a number two. You have to, to fill in the little bubbles for the thing to read it. Remember that? Here's the thing. And everybody asks this and it's a very good question. What happened to number one? <laughs> Why is it number two pencil? What happened to number one? It's also National Vanilla Custard Day. Uh, are you a fan of that? Or, uh, eh, okay. And then uh, uh, it's also the day the meaning of what the word the meaning of is is. What does is mean? That's a political joke for those that could possibly remember that. And then finally, it's National Thrift Shop Day. So I don't know if you've ever gone to a thrift shop before or not, but sometimes that's kind of cool. Uh, 1970, this day, Venera 7 is launched for Venus. It would later become the first spacecraft to successfully transmit from the surface of another planet. Also on this day, uh, 1973, Willie Mays hit his 660th and last home run of his career. And then uh, finally, 1988, for guys out there that just can't handle it, Rogaine uh, became the first uh, hair-growing drug approved by the FDA. <laughs> so, so you look at me and you go, Rogaine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> my hair, I have no hair. <laughs> it's like I have a... I use a razor on my head. It's just I have one bottle of shampoo. It's gone for now five years, something like that. All right. Uh, Michaela is the only person that got this question. It's a tough trivia question. So you guys can look this up, by the way. You're, you're welcome to look it up. It's a tough one. At what feast did Jesus stand up and say, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink? The only hint you get, it is, in fact, uh, a feast that starts with a T. T is in terrific tierra. There you go. All right. Ready? Okay. You good? Okay. I'm good. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, I want to follow up on this that we were just talking about in regards to gifts and so on and so forth. I want you to understand something. It's very important for all of us to get this 
element. Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Listen to this again. you got to hear it. This is very important. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about fear. Many Christians will not call it fear. We, we have now morphed the principle of fear into other words. Fear is often called a, a, either a phobia, an anxiety, it's worrisomeness, it's uh, anxiousness, it's any words that we can come up with, but we don't want to use the word fear because fear implies that we're being really bad Christians. And the reality check is that within the framework of Scripture, fear is one of our foes and some something that is to be fought against. And the way that we fight against fear has to do with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And some of us are in bondage to those fears. Now, those fears can revolve around finances, relationships, health. Those are the top three that are involved in almost every problem that happens in relationships and marriages and so on and so forth. It's health, finances, it's relationship or communication capacities, and we are afraid of either getting something or losing something. We're afraid of getting something bad or losing something good. We're afraid that we will do something that will irritate God and that he will then turn the pencil, number two pencil, upside down and go for erasing. And then he'll erase it and we'll lose it. We're afraid that what the good thing is that we have or that we're encountering or that we're enjoying won't last. Or we're afraid that the bad thing that we're going through that's difficult and hard will never stop. And almost all of fear has to do with something that has not yet happened. Almost all fear can be identified as a yet-to-be. And that fear immobilizes us. So if the Lord's blessing you, there's a—let's Christianize it. There's a concern that won't keep going. If the Lord is chastising or disciplining you, not because he hates you, but because he loves you, there's a concern that that won't end. And all of these things make us a slave to fear. We are in a bondage to fear. In fact— we get the definition in Hebrews that fear has people in bondage regarding death. Now, as Christians, we don't believe that. We believe Jesus rose from the dead, and we don't have to be afraid, but yet so many of us are. So what is the solution to fear? And you just want to scream and say, it's faith, it's boldness, it's this. And you, you want to come up with a and, and all of that's great, but all of that's thoroughly uh, more dependent on you and me. 
The real solution to fear is our connection to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. And what the Scripture teaches us is that God is not a God who leaves us in an abandoned position, but will get us to the haven that we would desire to get to. He will not leave us in the trial and forget about us and cast us off. He will bring us back. He will restore us. And for those that are doing well, their fear is that the, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, some other bad thing to happen, and that again is a bondage to fear. And the reality is in the Father, through the Son, and by the Spirit, that is not how God engages with us. He doesn't bless us with a couple of really cool cinnamon rolls just so he can burn us with coffee. Okay? I mean, that's just the truth. And what's happening is that we are not operating in a connection with the Father, which is made possible by Jesus Christ and is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that gives us that ability not to be afraid. Look at what the verse says again, now that we've said all that, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. It's by the Holy Spirit that we cry, Dad. All made possible by the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid, and I don't have to be afraid of what will or won't come, what's good or bad, because our security is in God. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. A decision to stand firm in his commitment and connection to God. That's what you need. Don't let fear make you freak out. You don't know what's around the corner, but you know him who is already around the corner, and he loves you. Good enough. Take that. Stand in that. Stand against fear. Okay? All right. What feast did Jesus stand up and say, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink? That would be the Feast of Tabernacles. Congratulations to those of you that got it. That was a very tough question. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life people say It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. 
Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, David, this is Al. Hi, brother. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. I just wanted to call, so I wanted to... Try to get this answer in. All right, that and that's a that's a good. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that with Matt or not, but boy, I like that guy. He's got a you know he's committed to the doctrine. I love people that are committed. Uh, I don't know. Will, will you put his website on Facebook or? On uh, I can put it. I'll put it on our website. Give them a link, and okay. uh, I'll make sure I got to get permission because I don't want to do anything where they're not. You know, I, I'm real. I try to be really careful, but but I don't think they'll have any sure. problem with that. So and we won't take anything. It's just it's good for apologetics, and we're going to use some of it. All right, here you go. Here okay. you go. Here's your first one. Who had a late night visit from an angel who assured him that he would be safe aboard a storm? Tossed ship. I'm, I don't think this is right, but I'm going to go with Peter. Mm, so close. What's the other name that's really close to that? <laughs> Paul? Yes, that's it. That's it. There he is. <laughs> All right. That's in Acts chapter 27, verse 23 and 24. Before they had the shipwreck at the end there at 28, he said, to relax, everybody's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die on the ship. You're all going to end up at this island, you know. And so he was telling everybody to calm down. That's the person who had the late night uh, visit. Now, Peter did have a visit from an angel in prison in Acts 12. So you could make an argument that that was part of the answer too. But that's why we went to the safe aboard a storm-tossed ship. That's, mm-hmm. that's where we get yeah. the definition. So good shot, though. Very good. Very good, my brother. You know how much I appreciate it. Good job. Yeah, and I'll never forget that answer. Always, <laughs> never, you will Paul never now. forget that. Paul. Here's Paul. Here's Paul. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I just want to say that Al texted in while that was going on and said, Paul, the answer is Paul. Good job, buddy. (laughs) Here is your final trivia question of the day. Should not be too hard. True or false? That gives you a 50-50 shot. Pilate's wife referred to Jesus as an innocent man. Pilate's wife referred to Jesus as an innocent man. True or false? Uh, If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. I just want to say something about that last little teaching that we did on fear. I really uh, believe in my heart that is for somebody, uh, you know, it's for everybody in a sense, but there's some people that are really in a bondage to fear. Do not let fear put you in bondage. It does not own you. You do not owe it. And your father is more than capable of keeping you free, healthy, blessed, connected, and protected. Okay? All right. Just want to say all that so people can catch that. All right. Trivia question. Straightforward. True or false? Pilate's wife referred to Jesus 
as an innocent man. Is that true or false? For those that need to know where you're looking, you're probably looking in Matthew 27-ish if you're trying to figure it out. Get ready for one of the hardest teachings you will hear me teach. I mean, it's just really it's just hard to hear it. But reality is reality, and we do our best to kind of connect to that. Are we ready? Ready? We've done everything, covered everything. We're not going to do any Greek or Hebrew. We're just going to do this. Here it is, Judges chapter 7, verses 2 through 4. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many people for me to hand the Midianites over to you, or else Israel might brag I did it myself. Now announce in the presence of the people, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the people turned back, but 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many people. Wow. Okay. All right. In regards to the trivia question, I just want to make sure we have clarification so nobody gets this wrong. True or false, Pilate's wife referred to the man... Referring to Jesus as an innocent man. Is that true or false? You want to look at Matthew 27, 19, just to nail that down. Uh, so here in the situation, you've got the Lord talking to Gideon. I'm just telling you, you can get mad at me. Uh, I We have people that are across the spectrum, but I'm not going to apologize for the word of God, not to anybody, n- anywhere, period. Does God limit our resources from time to time? Yes, you think there's no way? Well, Gideon had 33,000 people, and God told him to get rid of 22,000, and there was 10,000 left. And then God said, That's still too many. And you remember the story? How many went down? How many, how, how far it went down? Down to 300 men. He had 33,000 thousand men and by the time god was done and ready for him to do it to take on the midianites he had 300 men 33,000 to 300 that's less than one percent of what he had he took 99 percent of his resources of people out of the equation did you hear me god reduced 99 percent of the resources in order to demonstrate that the victory was going to be through him and not through human means. Are you trying to tell me that God would limit something in our lives in order to demonstrate that he's God so that we will have a greater reliance on him? Yes. Dave, this is not my favorite kind of teaching. I got it. I don't like hearing it either, but it's the truth, so I love it. Buy the truth and sell it not. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. 
think of this. Paul, in writing his second letter to the church at Corinth, tells them we were under such great pressure. It was beyond anything we could handle. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you were under such great pressure? It's just beyond what you can handle. So much so, Paul wrote, that we despaired even of life. We were, I mean, are you kidding, right, Lord? This is way beyond the scope. I can't take this anymore. Verse 9, indeed, in our hurts, we felt the sentence of death. We're going to die out of this. This is just crazy. Look what he says in the other part of verse 9. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The Lord allows things in our lives, curbs things in our lives, tightens things in our lives so that our reliance is not upon us, but upon him who's already demonstrated he can do anything by raising a dead person to life. He's telling us in our circumstances, sometimes I got to bring you to a certain place in order for you to understand it's me. And that's the answer. And you think, no, 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 that can't be right. Okay, how many people did Gideon start off with? 33,000. How many did he end up with? 300. Who's the one that got rid of the 32,700 people out of the 33,000? Who got rid of them? God did And God did it so that they would all understand that you didn't do this. I did this. So God took 22,000 out, and then he said, "Eh, there's still too many. There's still too many people. You guys will brag about this. You'll say, oh, our 10,000 did it. Our 10,000. So he took them down to 300 and said, now, there's no way it can happen in the human plane. Now I'm going to do it. And that's how the Lord operated. And the reason that I bring that up is because there are times. It happens to me. It's happened more than once. It'll probably happen more than once between now and when the trumpet blows. The Lord allows things to take place to surround us in such a way that just like the Apostle Paul, we're under great pressure. It's beyond our ability to endure, and we might even despair of life. Oh, this is so much. This is more than I can take. I can't take it. You're just trying to kill me. This is crazy. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves. The Lord allows things to happen in our lives so that we will stop trying to control. It's so hard, isn't it? I mean, just be honest. It's hard to say, okay, you take over. Whatever it takes. We feel the pressure. It's beyond our ability to endure. It's, it's tremendously difficult. But the Lord does it so that we will see that his hand is working in our lives and he's a part of everything we go through. So for those of you out there who feel like what you're going through is deep, deep pressure, beyond your ability to endure, and you're even despairing of life, my word of encouragement to you is God has allowed this to happen so that you will rely on him and not yourself, but on him and his miraculous, perfect timing solutions 
for everything you're going through. Some of you are very frustrated in your walk. I get it. I understand that. I've gone through that. And I go through it. It's not just something I've gone through in the past. I go through it all the time. But there has to be a genuine surrender to the sovereignty of God. A genuine yielding to the will of the Lord. A Job-like moment when Job said, Though God slay me, yet will I trust him. Needs to happen if you want to really be like Jesus. If you don't want to be like Jesus, okay, complain away. Let me know how that goes. I don't, don't think that works too good, but go from there. If it's beyond you, there's a reason that it's beyond you. That's because only the Lord can handle it. I'm like, okay. All you, God. All you. All right, Bible trivia for today. Last one for the Bible trivia. The question is, true or false, Pilate's wife referred to Jesus as an innocent man. And that's going to be true in Matthew 27, 19. She had a terrible dream about that innocent man that's in there. Uh, and yes, you could use the word just. I will definitely allow that. So that's uh, just saying, did she have that dream? Think it was kind of innocent or just? Yes, that's what we're going with. All right, you guys. Be aware of the enemy of fear and be aware of not being willing to surrender it all, even if it feels like the pressure is way beyond you. God is in control. Okay? All right. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, 22 and a half hours. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.